And the topic is Sabbath, not polluting the Sabbath. In Isaiah the 56th chapter, the second through the seventh verse, blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that had joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord had utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths, and choose the things that please me, and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord. To be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taking hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. We see here end time, uh, end time prophecy, knowing it's end time because of the invitation we received earlier on everyone that thirsts to come and eat and drink. But it's being a light unto the Gentiles, so he's an open invitation to the strangers and to the eunuch and to all of those that want to come and worship in the name of the Lord and observe his Sabbath day. In other words, obedient Sabbath keepers. Now here we're talking about not polluting the Sabbath. I'm not going in trying to justify the Sabbath and tell people about keeping the Sabbath and engaging in that argument or any legalism from people that try to make a cause of divide from that. But I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to people that know and that believe. In other words, as preachers say sometimes, or people say that you're preaching to the choir. Well, I'm not trying to gain an argument from people that don't believe the Sabbath is here, don't believe that the Sabbath is future, and don't believe uh, in the Sabbath as God teaches, uh, causes his preachers and teachers the teach of the Sabbath. So those things are not doing, but I'm talking for, to, to those who want to gain clarity of the purpose of the Sabbath. And that purpose, it's, set, it's a day that's set apart. It's a day that's holy unto the Lord, and only God can make a day holy. And the seventh day is the day that he had rested, and he called it a Sabbath day, but he had made that Sabbath for man. But God had ceased from all his physical labor, even though spiritually the Lord continues to work. He, and he's enjoying, enjoining us to do the same or to imitate him. And so to those that are legalists uh, that want to pursue this issue, I'm not talking about we know that on the Sabbath he tells us about not working or not laboring on the Sabbath those instructions that set forth. And from a ceremonial 
aspect. We know that the handwriting of ordinances that was against us were nailed to the cross. But we see where Jesus observed the Sabbath. Jesus took pains to show that he observed the Sabbath, but he was giving clarity unto those that misinterpreted the Sabbath or had a wrong perspective of the Sabbath. So he makes a promise here of blessings upon those that keep it his Sabbath and keep it from polluting the Sabbath. The word pollute means to make ceremonially or morally impure. Anything that would take away from the consecration of that day, the sanctification of that day, we shouldn't allow those to gradually enter in. And it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. I keep telling you that the devil is in the details. So gradually you can pollute the Sabbath or make the Sabbath a profane the Sabbath and you make it as any other day. And that's what a lot of religionists do or whatever to say, well, just since you observe someday, it doesn't matter whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, or whatever, but then you take away from the definition of why God made the Sabbath and what the Sabbath was. The Sabbath was a sign of the God of creation. And those people that observe the Sabbath they have a distinct mark to themselves and it's a sign between them and God as to being God's people. Uh, that word pollute means to make physically impure or unclean. But not only is God talking in the physical sense, he's talking spiritually. The things that we bring in, not necessarily through physical exertion, but from the lack of doing, of thinking, because our thoughts are very important. What we're thinking or what we're doing is very important. Yes. When I say it's profanation or profane the Sabbath, in other words, I'm saying to treat as with contempt or to treat something that's sacred with a abuse, irreverence, or with contempt. In other words, you desecrate you take away the sacredness of it. You make it as just any other day. And that's what we've done. We've trampled on the foot. The Sabbath day has become as the rest of the week. It's not a day that's set apart. It's not a day that we holler and look at it as, as God had sanctified that day. He had set that day apart distinctively from other days. And Meaning the Sabbath is not our time. It's not our time, it's God's time, but it's a time of rest, of reverence. The word profane also means to debase by wrong, unworthy, or vulgar use of. And we know that Paul tells us in the New Testament that we should be redeeming the time. We should There should be a redemption of time, in other words, buying back the time. Because the time is short, and we should be busy about the Lord's business. We should get the most of our time, profitability of time. Uh, not only because not unconsecrated, impure, or defiled, that is unsanctified. In other words, 
Now you, like Esau, it says Esau was a profane man. He sold his birthright. He treated the birthright with contempt and he despised. He said, what good is this birthright to me if I'm dead or whatever? He didn't see it as precious, something that was important to him, that was important to God, and that others, he should have commanded that respect, that others would see that as being important also. Also, another thing of profane is serving to debase or defile what is holy. And that's what Jeroboam did, the son of Debat. He profaned and he changed those days and he messed around with God's holy days. And that's a problem when we do those things. Uh, Sabbath is the fourth commandment, but in that commandment we see where he says, remember the Sabbath. In other words, he didn't say, give that command about this, the seventh day is holy and it's the Sabbath and all that. What he just said was, remember the Sabbath because he had set that apart at creation. That's what I said. It's in the Sabbath as the fourth, it's in the commandments as the fourth commandment, but it's just saying, remember the Sabbath. So that commandment was a perpetual commandment from the beginning. We see where other uh, religions or other people around the world know that the Sabbath, about that seventh day, that Sabbath day, yes. uh, only in Protestant Christianity, whereas they changed where the Catholic Church said that they had the ability to change that day and through a misinterpretation of one scripture, which I don't think God would have been as vague in just changing that day after emphasizing it throughout the scriptures to change what day was holy and he would have made a larger issue out of it than what was done. But he says, uh, notice the context in that first verse. It says, blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that lay hold of it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and keeping his hand from doing any evil. It says, my salvation is near to come this is an end time prophecy for our day and age that that salvation from Jesus Christ because that end time salvation includes Jew, Gentile, Scythian, Barbarian. Uh, it's, it's to the slave. It's, it, it's to all. It's, he's a light unto the Gentiles. So that salvation invitation is to all. Yes. What he's talking about here is actually began with that ministry and John the Baptist had come preaching, preparing in the way for Jesus Christ, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well now this this has come to fruition here. We have we have reached that peak now. It began when Jesus Christ turned to gen, to the Gentiles and now it's the times of the Gentiles. And we know that during that time of the Gentiles is a set time and there is an end of the times of the Gentiles when that time come to an end when the kingdom is ushered in when God and we know that judgment and tribulation and all that occurs toward the end of that time and so we see that time is coming uh, it was a signal that he was moving away from Israel that Old Testament type and shadow and that something new was beginning throughout the day. He says he's going to work a new thing 
we notice that in the Old Testament that he was the work of new thing. And so we see the foreigners and everybody invited into the church. This is just not the uh, Israel, the nation of Israel. So this is not a, about a nationalistic uh, 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 a group of people from Israel Sabbath, but this is about the world, anybody observing the Sabbaths of God and not in a Judaism, a Judaistic way. But the significance is signaling something far greater than that. It's a spiritual Sabbath, and we hear about that in the book of Hebrews, about the people entering into God's rest. That the reason Israel couldn't enter in is because of unbelief. And he says, we should fear. Let me, I, I didn't put that here, but hold on. Just in the book of Hebrews, where in the fourth chapter of Hebrews, it says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For which we have believed, we for us which believe do enter into his rest. As he said, I've sworn in my wrath that if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. For he spake in a certain place of a seventh day on this wise. And God did rest on the seventh day from all of his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again in a limited place at a certain day saying, to David, to, to, to David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. For if Jesus has given them rest, they would have, then he would not have afterwards spoken of another day. Therefore, remain it therefore rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, and as God did from his. Labor, therefore, to enter in to that rest, lest any man shall after the same example of unbelief fall short thereof. So we see that this rest, this Sabbath of the Lord, the works of that rest was finished from the foundations of the world, but Jesus had told his people, I have left you example and the work is finished all you have to do is walk therein. Yes. So in other words, live in that rest through belief that God has accomplished it and that this salvation is here. I said it comes at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as we begin and we start to hear his word and understand his word, we see that God had made it so that all of us could enter into that rest. So it's not just a Jewish holiday. We're not talking about from a nationalist nationalist point enough from a legalistic point of view. Uh, Unions were usually set apart to serve the king and were castrated. A union, you know, they would be around the king 
repair them or whatever, and the king fixed it so that he wouldn't have a problem from them in that way or whatever. Another way of saying it, that they were mutilated, in other, other words, castrated away. But every one of them uh, was mutilated, but every one of us has been mutilated spiritually. In other words, he has circumcised us, and we serve the king. We serve the king, our Lord. So we shouldn't lust after the world or the things of the world and that we can't really enjoy or have any pleasure in. A child of God doesn't really have pleasure in the things of God. That's why he's faced with guilt and frustration when he goes away from God. And that which he does, as David was saying, that God, he wanted God to restore unto him his joy, the bones that he had broken because when you do something that's against God, you feel bad about it. You're horrible. Your conscience gets you. You go back and apologize and try to make reparations because you have a new nature. God has circumcised you so that his people can't continue and live and enjoy sin, whereas the world can, a people of the world, or those that unconverted, can enjoy that, and that's the mire that they roll around in. So each and every one of us that serve our King, the Lord, God is very concerned about the way that things are done. He's concerned about the way that things are done. Twice here he uses the word defile, the word defile. Do not defile my Sabbaths. In verse 2 again, then in, the, in verse 6, he says that those who do not defile are the ones who will be blessed. They will be his servants, the one who do not defile his Sabbath. So he's not saying that that he have children that won't defile his Sabbath, but the one that do defile his Sabbath won't experience a a blessing of that peace of that joy from the Lord. That's why it's a lot of saints of God that are sad, that, that live horrible lives sometimes and they're not enjoying the joy of salvation the, and some of the legalists and some of the Christian church preachers and things that don't understand the Sabbath, they're like the Pharisees, they made the Sabbath a burden unto the people that the people didn't want to see the Sabbath come, they didn't enjoy the Sabbath, they didn't take a delight in the Sabbath can perfection come to any person who does not care how things are done? Yes. No, it can't. If, if you're doing a job, if you're doing a work, you want to put your best into that job. That job reflects, or that work reflects who you are. You take pride in your work. Amen. And the answer is obvious. In regard to the Sabbath, it not only matters to God what we do it, but also how we do it. You don't want to go into it like it's a burden. The sad, the people were standing, sitting outside the gates when Nehemiah had told them not to sit outside the gates. They were waiting. He had told them to close the gates and do no business on the Sabbath or whatever. But a lot of people, I'll be glad when it's over. I'll be glad when the Sabbath day over so that we can do business and we can go back to normal. And instead of enjoying the Sabbath and let that day be a pleasure in what that day it stood for itself. It stood for us relationship with God. 
it symbolizes, it was a sign and a mark of who they were. Uh, also, it, it affects the outcome of the product. A person can produce something of poor quality, and they have indeed produced something. You know, I cut this lady's yard. I used to work for um, this supply, Southern Livestock Supply, but the owner's mother was still alive. She was a very old woman in her 80s, or 80s almost 90s or whatever. But I would have to go by and cut her grass for her sometimes. And, you know, that was before I had my lawn cutting business. But whatever I did, I look at the scripture and says, whatever you do, do it as you do it unto the Lord. Yes. And I, I couldn't get that cut of grass. I had some more important business to do with had, that had to do with the company. And so my boss said, well, no, Emerson's going to have to get this done. And this was some purchasing and some other stuff that needed to be done. I kind of had a deadline on it. So he said, send Will to do it. It was another guy that works there, and he was working in the warehouse, and they sent him over to cut the yard. After he cut the yard or whatever, later that next day or whatever, his mama had complained to the owners, you know, his mother had told him, I don't like the way he cut that yard or whatever. Don't look the way Emerson cut it or whatever. He didn't do it. And so I had to go back over when I did get a break. That, like I said, that next day she had told him that. Well, that following day, he says, you need to go back and straighten Mama's yard up. Now, this is grass. I'm going over the cut that's already been cut because it looks different. So... Weeding and an edging and whatever you do, it's just like an assembly line. Cars, they don't strike like General Motors and Ford and all of the big three automakers. But those cars are coming out at the doctor's office. The doctor's seeing patients and you just almost a number with them. It's by the numbers. But it's not as quality a job as a person that builds a Rolls Royce that's handmade. It's built from the In other words, that those workers take pride in what they're doing because my name's going to be placed on this. Yes. So what I do, I take pride in my work or whatever. Doctors, a lot of doctors, uh, they're getting out of the those certain business or whatever. They say they would rather have less patients, make less, but those, the, but the other, pa- those less patients say, they would rather pay those doctors more because they're getting personal service. In other words, those doctors know those patients' name and they care about those patients, but some doctors just run you through. They don't, they don't know anything about you. Know, they don't remember you or anything. That's what the world has become. The world has become non-caring, and we see that throughout the world. Me and Brother Parker was talking about that yesterday, about what has happened in the world and that's what happened when you get away from the Sabbath that any time will do any day will do whereas God says meet me on this Sabbath day this day is set apart for you and I so I look forward to the Sabbath day to that day of reflecting with God and that day that's set apart for God this is his personal time that's God's time. That's why he says, don't do your pleasure on my day. Right. That day is my day, 
It is made for man, but it's made for man to develop his relationship with God. Uh, this that is the principle involved here of the Sabbath. God is concerned that His people, the Gentiles, and His people, the eunuchs, do not defile the Sabbath. That's why He said, "Blessings to the Gentiles, blessings to the strangers, blessings to the eunuchs that observe My Sabbaths; they'll be blessed." Now there's other eunuchs and Sabbaths or other strangers that know of God's law, but that's why He says, "Let us go." to the house of the Lord so you'll learn of and so the more you learn about a person the more you love a person the more you will attempt to please and do what's pleasing to that person you will delight in what that person enjoys you know I delight to see my grandchildren have fun I delight to see my children have fun I delight to see the people in church happy I delight to see people with an abundance of life not jealous or envious and I pray that those that don't, that they would have. Amen. Yes. Defile means to pollute, to make impure. And once we start doing things that cause misery to others, that don't bring, in other words, we're not focusing on what we're supposed to be doing. So that's why he sets that day apart. So if you do that on that day, that should titrate, that should filter you into the rest of the day. Every day would you didn't heard of the old song. Every day would be Sunday as a Sabbath by and by. Yes, Lord. that that's what we're looking at. That every day, but he set aside this one day for this learning experience. So it's a preparatory time for us to learn these things. Sabbath observance. Exodus twenty and eight says, "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy." Set it apart, dedicated to God. That's what it is. A day dedicated to God. It's set apart and it's made for man. And so that should be different. And he in the old testament he says you shouldn't do any work therein in that day. Now I'm gonna come back on that a little bit later. Exodus thirty four and twenty one says, You shall not work for six you shall work for six days, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even in plowing time and in harvest time, you shall rest on the Sabbath. So you should trust God enough to know that if I don't work on this sixth, this seventh day, God will make it back up to me. And he showed that example in the Old Testament where he gave double the amount on the sixth day that you would lay up on the sixth day so you wouldn't have to go out on the seventh day. It wouldn't spoil if you would get twice as amount, amount that amount on the sixth day, so that you wouldn't have to work the seventh day. That was a supernatural, a sign, or something that occurred to show you God was serious about the Sabbath day. There was an example of a man that went out to gather sticks on the Sabbath day, and God told Moses to have him stoned. That is showing that God is serious about the instructions of the Sabbath day to everyone nowadays that try to profane it or try to dismiss God's, uh, treat God's Sabbath with contemptibility. Yes. Exodus 35 and 3 says, You shall not kindle a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. And like I say, we're looking at the traditional or the ceremonial aspect of the Sabbath day being a type or a shadow in the Old Testament. In other words, 
those was examples unto us for our admonition of just how serious God was. Not that God would do it now, but it was the precept involved. We should look at the principle, what was taught in those things. We don't have a specificality in what Jesus says, what you can do and what you can't do. And being Americans and this new generation and everything, we want a list of what all you can do on the Sabbath day. Well, like I said, Jesus came and by healing and doing certain things on the Sabbath, he was tearing down the religious perspective, the way the people was looking at the Sabbath, but he wasn't despising the Sabbath because he did observe the Sabbath. You notice that he went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day to teach and preach. Nehemiah 10.31 says, As for the peoples of the lands who bring merchandise or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and we will give up raising crops during the seventh year, leaving the land uncultivated and forgive every debt. In other words, they were saying that they was going to observe it the way God had told them to observe it. But like I said, that was in the Old Testament. That was over the under the Old Covenant, but under this new covenant that God makes the new covenant. And I tell you, it's not national, but it's individual because as I was saying, it's personal and you have a personal relationship with God. So there are stores, there are places that are open and you may need to buy something on the Sabbath. You may need to do something on the Sabbath. You may need to run to the store. And you, you don't uh, get out and, and send people to hell, preach against hell, find brimstone that this place is open on the Sabbath day or whatever because, remember I said, the blessing to, was to those that would observe it. Even in the church, I never tell my members specifically what they can and can't do because grace and truth came by Jesus Christ and it liberates you. It sets you free. And I would pre be preaching and bring you under bondage other than if I don't preach that we should observe the Sabbath, that there is a Sabbath of the Lord and that through faith we help establish God's laws and the Sabbath is one of God's commandments. So we help establish that, but we're not hypocritical of those things. Notice this now. Notice these things. Isaiah 58, 13 to 14 says, If you keep the Sabbath holy, that is, not having your own fun and business on that day, but enjoying the Sabbath, that is, speaking of it with delight as the Lord's holy day, and honoring the Lord in what you do, not following your own desires and pleasures, not talking idly, then the Lord will be your delight, and I will see to it that you ride high and that you get your full share of blessings I promised to your father Jacob. Uh, the Amplified reads, If you turn back your foot from this clarifies some of what I think it was Joe Lieberman that was in the Senate and the people were talking says he was the Jewish how was he going to observe the Sabbath or whatever well those were legalists and it's always those that when you say you're holy or you're a child of God they will propose things to try to show you you can't live holy and that you're a hypocrite but listen as the uh, Amplified reads this if you turn back your foot 
for your feet from the Sabbath. In other words, from traveling on the Sabbath. They interpose in their intertalysis. They say it's for unnecessary travel on the Sabbath. In other words, from doing things that that is not of necessity or not essential. It's like during the pandemic, they would have the essential workers. These are the stores or the place that the work are open because it's essential that these be open because it's a matter of life and death. So the grocery stores was open, but sporting stores and other places wasn't open. But then you had the church people that were legalists wanting to fight the government, and they were saying that they had to meet and congregate and fellowship on those days. Well, now you're being a legalist here now, man, because you can miss church services. They were meeting online. That's when a lot of churches then got to where they meet online. They have church services online. So you're not forsaking the assembling together of yourselves because you can study on and communicate and communicate online. And if you've been going to church because you miss one or two Sundays, you miss one or two Sundays sometimes without it ever being a pandemic. Sometime it may roll around the, the, that that's your work day that you need to work on that day. That doesn't mean that you will die and go to hell for doing that. You on a rotating schedule. My son works at Exxon, and sometimes his schedule shifts to where some weekends he has to work, some weekends. Uh, some holidays you have to work or whatever. So we shouldn't be legalists about this, but if you applying for overtime and you looking for work on a Saturday, you looking for work on a Sabbath day, that you just going willy-nilly, you just riding cows, which is, shouldn't be done anyhow. But you're doing things for your own pleasure. That's why the world has set up the football games and all of the entertainment and thing on God's day. Now you're bringing it into God's day on on the Sabbath or Sundays or whatever to watch the Super Bowl and all of these things. So it should be a day, whether you worship on Saturday or Sunday, shouldn't that day not be given to your pleasures of sitting there enjoying yourself watching football? Because it says... If you would keep from doing your own pleasure on my holy day. See, these things are your pleasure and your enjoyment. So maybe you need to be reading, studying your Bible. As I say, I go over to some, visit different people, and me and Brother Parker sit out. But when we sit out yesterday, we were talking scripturally. We were talking things in the Bible or whatever, which we do mostly anytime, whatever day we do it anyhow. But see... You should be doing evangelical work. The rest is to labor in the Lord. That's why I said the priest doesn't profane the temple when they work on holy days. If we're in here working on the holy day, well, we're not profanating that. We're doing the work of God. That's why Jesus healed on the Sabbath. In the book of Luke and in certain places where Jesus healed on the Sabbath, he was trying to get them to see that you can do well, that you can do good. That he says, if your ox fell in a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you get it out of the ditch? Yes. yes. So you trying to you want to kill me because I healed this person on the Sabbath day? So we can do good. We're not distinguishing in that manner. That's what I say. 
we have to learn instead of letting somebody, it's like during the time when election time come up and you have these different political packs and different people, all that's geared to the ignorant, the people that don't study things. In other words, these election commercials and things, they toss out all kinds of lies and untruths and everything because the people that are not following politics and understanding, they hear that and they believe that and, it, and that's the way they vote or whatever. That's the way the electorate is tossed about. We have a very ignorant electorate here in the United States. People going off rumor or what somebody else say, they're not being fully persuaded in their own mind by their research and their study. And that's what we have to do with God. We have to be in a relationship with God. We have to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he'll lead us and guide us. And that way we'll, we'll know how to keep the Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath because we're being led by the Spirit of God. We're not doing things that's unessential. Uh, commentator Matthew Henry writes about this. He says, on Sabbath days, we must not walk in our own ways, that is, not follow our callings, not find our own pleasure, that is, not follow our sports and recreations. Nay, we must not speak our own words, words that concern either our callings or our pleasure. We must not allow ourselves a liberty of speech on that day as on other days, for we must mind God's ways, make religion the business of the day. We must choose the things that please him and speak his words. Speak of divine things as we sit in the house and as we walk by the way. In all we say and do, we must put a difference between this day and other days. The Sabbath has to be a distinction. It's not the same as all other days. You have to put a difference between what is holy and what is not holy. We can't profane that which is holy. We can't make it just like other days. When you can't distinguish the Sabbath, that's how they lost the identity in Egypt. That's why God says, remember the Sabbath, because they were no longer able to practice Sabbath day when they were in Egypt, when they was in bondage. That's why they was in bondage. And that was the one of the gods that they worship in Egypt was Ra, the sun god. That's where you get sun worship, Sunday worship. That's where that came from. The Catholic Church entered in and brought in sun worship under Constantine and uh, what the other emperor, Augustine. Under all of these people, these things entered into the church, and we don't know where a lot of our religious days like Easter and Christmas, all of these pagan days came in in the guise of something else, and we'll celebrate and say that's still, that's right, and that's good. But it's not through the knowledge of knowing God or whatever. During Ezekiel's time, these people had been carried away into captivity, and Ezekiel was prophesizing about Sabbath keeping in the 20th chapter of Ezekiel in the 16th verse. He says, Because they despised my judgments and walked not in my statutes, but polluted my Sabbaths, for their heart went after their idols. Of the uh, amplified version says, because they rejected my ordinances, and as for my statutes, they did not walk in them. They even profaned my Sabbath, for their heart continually went after their worthless idols. Idolatry brings you into captivity. 
because worshiping an idol is worshiping something other than God. Worshiping an idol brings you into captivity, into bondage, because an idol comes before God. When we let anything, whether it be our wife, our ch- I mean our husband, I mean, let me say it this way, our spouse, mm-hmm. our children, or religious holidays, anything, he says you should love the Lord that God with all of their heart, mind, and so in other words, nothing comes even your own self, even your own life. God has to be first. He has to have the preeminence in our lives. Profane means to treat with irreverence and disrespect. It means to treat as common. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are all what? Common days of the week where it's Sabbath is holy, Saturday should be different. That's the seventh day of the week. That's the difference. So, in changing the Sabbath, we would have to have two days that are holy, that are Sabbath. Else we have to say, one day that God had made holy the Sabbath day, we will have to change. It is no longer holy. This one is holy now. So, God, we know God is immutable. He doesn't change. So, he wouldn't have changed his day. In creation, if he said, this is the Sabbath... He can look. He's looking. He's he's wisdom. He, he's not going to have to change it later on because he bring the Gentiles in the church. He's not going to bring it, change it because of the resurrection of these other things. He doesn't change. That's the immutability of God. So that day stays holy. So now you're saying Sunday is the Sabbath. So Saturday is no longer holy. It is no longer uh, uh, the Sabbath. If you're saying Sunday is holy and that's the Sabbath day or whatever. So we have to have an understanding here that both of them can't be. Unless now you have two Sabbath days. Now, when the Sabbath was high Sabbath in the year Jesus was crucified, there was a high Sabbath there. And that was the day of preparation. And and if they follow that, then they'll see that it was a three-day resurrection, that he was in the grave three days and three nights. But due to them changing the Sabbath and uh, and man's manipulation, the psychology of man, they make the death on Good Friday, and they make him rising up on Sunday morning. So that disallows the scripture where Jesus said he was going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Watch it when we start playing with God's word and changing and not setting it apart. So what motivated these people to despise and pollute God's Sabbath? Their heart. And see, God gives us a new heart. And that's why the ones that are coming to God and observe His Sabbaths and keep the Sabbath, they've had this circumcision and they grow closer to God. And that's why you should guard your heart. Proverbs tell us, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of the of it springs the issues of life. You have to guard your heart above all things. In other words, your mind, that's what your heart is. That's where you see the emotion and feel it. It's not this fleshly organ beating in your chest. This is a muscle that pumps blood. But your heart, your mind is your heart. That's the noose. That's the seat of understanding. 
That's why it says, let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. A transforming of your mind, and you have to be careful what you put in your mind. That's why I say we have to be careful of the television programs, the people we associate with, the things we're around, because you have to guard your mind. Guard your heart. Watch for the things that can defile it. Jesus updates us this at Matthew 15 and 19. He says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, and about a half a dozen other sins, because that's what defiled a man. That's what's coming out of it, because that's what you are. You have to guard your heart. That's why there's a regeneration and a new heart. That's why he says the heart's deceitfully wicked, and he's going to give you a new heart. He don't take that old heart and refashion it or whatever. He gives you a new heart. He gives you the seed, that seed of faith. That comes from God. He gives you that spirit, that essence that's going to change the character and everything, who you are. You're going to become, that's the earnest of your inheritance. He gives of his spirit. That's why he says it's necessary. You must be, you have to be born again. If you're not born again of the spirit, you're none of his. Yet, just as surely as these evil things come out of the heart, so do good things. So watch for the things that can defile you. At the heart of Sabbath breaking is idolatry, having other gods before the true God, Exodus 20 and 3. The basic physical manifestation of idolatry is the worship of idols, of graven image and statues. But its, its spiritual manifestation is much more subtle and dangerous. The spiritual manifestations of these are more dangerous. And like I said, in this day and time, not that you bow down to a statue, even though it's some churches and things, they have statues and idols around. The physical is not as deadly as the spiritual. The spiritual manifestations of adultery is much Worse. Uh, it is putting anything above God. Money, a job, a house, or even your spouse. So those things, when they come to be idols, when your children, you choosing a church based on the social programs and entertainment they have there for your children, or how it pleases you. Not choosing them for the word of God and what's preached or taught. When you take money over God, a lot of people join church for prosperity. They give to get and they proceed after money and that's all of their hearts after. A lot of people, they work in two jobs, two or three jobs. Well, isn't this going to take you away from your time with God? Well, I'm sitting tithes and offering church. Yeah, but you're losing the time, the fellowship with God. This is a deliberate choice on your behalf to pursue material things manner the pleasures of living better you've made idols now don't try to explain these things away as the preacher's trying to tell you be careful here if anything becomes more important than God, idolatry is committed anything if you don't hate mother, father sister, brother more than you do these other you have to choose God even your own life Thus, if in the weekly observance of the Sabbath we do anything that becomes more important to us 
than our relationship with God. We've broken the Sabbath and and committed adultery because something has taken the place of God. Jesus has preeminence. He has preeminence in our lives in all things. It could be said that idolatry is at the heart of all sin and that as our willingness to esteem something higher than God and His ways causes us to see it. Because there's no sacrifice for presumptuous sin. If you willfully sin, if you willfully do these things, there are consequences and repercussions that may turn you into being a reprobate there. God says through Ezekiel that the Israelites broke the Sabbath because their hearts went after their idols. Their hearts went after their idols. In other words, spiritually an idol can be anything that we give our time or attention to in detriment to our relationship with God. So if you stayed home because the saints was playing today, you put them before God. If you don't go to church because you have some other things, in scheduling those things, you should see where your priorities are. We must understand that idolatry forces a person to do its will rather than God's will. It forces a person to do its will because that's what it's doing. It's undermining God. That's what Satan does through subtlety in a subtle way. We don't notice the motion of this. If a heart goes after an idol, the rest of the body will follow the heart for where a man's heart is. See, if he gets your mind, if he gets your thinking, the rest of the body follows. Where your investments are, that's what you're thinking about. That's the first thing that's going to come to mind. The heart, the thinking, and emotional processes imposes its will upon the hands, the eyes, the ears, and the mouth. And they just follow what the heart wills to do. So if you add heart adultery, sooner or later you will look and you will lust because that's what you in your heart and your mind. Sometimes we can't sleep at night or whatever for thinking about other things. It causes restlessness. A person does, doesn't just commit certain crimes or do certain things what happens, they think on it. They devise schemes and ways to carry these things out. Sooner or later it follows. That's how temptation comes because of the desires that's within your memories. It's not from an outward imposition. It's something inward, inward of you. That's why I say where the wars come from. It come from within our memories. That's why God gives you a new heart, a new way of thinking, we have to foster that way of thinking upon our body. We have to learn to deny ourselves, mortify our body so we don't do these things. So that our delight and our desires is not a carnal addiction. I was telling you yesterday about addictions. Yes. Addiction is something that the flesh is used to, it loves, and that's where we come into gluttony sometimes. A lot of times you're really not hungry, but you just love this or this particular item, 
and it appeals to a desire, not a necessity. And that's when we fall into the habit of gluttony. If our heart follows an idol, God says we will surely break the Sabbath. That's why he says don't put nothing before these things. That's why if you look those three commandments that's before the Sabbath, and he says remember the Sabbath pertains on fleshly, on things that we're doing here. They're about God. The second commandment, the Lord. I'm, I'm getting right here. Hold on just a second. Let's see. Well, let me try to bring this in right here. And Wednesday, we'll start on the rest of this about the idol. Um, the idol does not have to be the same for each person. Every person doesn't hold the same conviction towards some things or other things. That's why I was telling you about Romans the other day when he says in the second chapter, why judge others own things and we ourselves are guilty of doing the same thing. So this person may not have a gambling addiction. You're talking about the lottery and all of these things, but you may have an addiction to television. You may have an addiction to eating. You may have an addiction to shopping. And you criticize others and say just like homosexuality or whatever, and we judge people in those things. But there are some workaholics out there, and work could, could become addiction. We're addicted to work. We put that before. And now we a lot of people end up divorcing and the children go astray or whatever because they're not balancing their lives. So it may be better to give your children and your wife your time and invest in being with them than material things because those material things doesn't replace the father in the house. So you're addicted to work and you just love working or whatever and you do it in excess. So your addiction is just as bad as somebody. That's why sin, we... A lot of times we try to characterize it, categorize it, and we fall worse than someone else. So be careful, and that's why he tells us about judging others. He says, get the beam out of your eye before you try to get the mote out of your brother's eye. You have problems and issues before you try to fix somebody, fix yourself. All or some part of the Sabbath day will be used as one pleases. Pursuing one's own interests rather than what God intends. This is why God says in Isaiah 58 and 13 that we should not speak our own words on the Sabbath. When we are speaking our own words, our tongue follows after that idol. We start following what we're saying. It leads us into this direction. So we shouldn't dwell. That's why he destroyed the word because your thoughts were evil. Your thoughts led to actions and other actions brought you to a point that you couldn't come back from. So as we look at polluting the Sabbath, we have to look at the subtlety of it and how it comes slowly in or profaning it and causing it to be natural. That's why he says... If we set it apart and guard it and watch what we allowing in, zealously guard that day. 
Now, I'm not saying do as the Pharisees did because they were carried into captivity for not honoring the Sabbath and keeping the Sabbath. And they put a hedge around the Sabbath. Notice how guarded the Sabbath was in the New Testament. And that's one of the reasons they wanted to kill Jesus for working on the Sabbath. They had some 1,300 laws of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. That you couldn't spit because it was going to be work to do this. Uh, you couldn't thread a needle or you couldn't walk but a certain length. A certain distance could you walk or whatever. They started putting a fence or a hedge up around the Sabbath and they made it legalistic. That's why a lot of people don't go to church or whatever. Because we bring in our laws and things and we know it's in the Bible, but that person don't have a relationship with God. And it's a lot of people, if we toss and push tiding at them so fast and hard, those people might have been ones that end up giving 33 and a third or 40% to the church, but you tried to clean him too fast. You imposed your will upon him. We went to the prize instead of letting God do these things. I've had people that, that are members of this church but at one time, they, they wouldn't come to this church because they say, you know, I can't do that tithing. I, I can't tithe or whatever. Yes. But now, do you know they tithe before they do some other thing? I, you never notice that I never hardly have to preach on tithes because most of my members gladly tithe because they have a relationship with God. Amen. That's one of the reasons this church keeps going with so few members is that we it's the tithing. But it's from the heart, though. So God provides these things. So if you want to delight the Lord and do what the Lord do, start doing, start keeping the Sabbath, not polluting it, and you'll see that this titrates into other areas that He's going to increase in your life, whereas other areas are going to decrease, and He's going to be have a stronger presence in your life because he, that's why He told Moses to take His feet off because He was on holy ground. Right? You remember he says, take his shoes, not his feet, take his shoes off, he was on holy ground. I got that really backwards. He says, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. God's presence was there. Well, if we allow God's presence to be in our Sabbath, where well, we don't pollute it, we don't profane it, and that God's presence is in that Sabbath, that's holy ground. That's what's holy. And that time is holy. And God's going to infiltrate that. He's going to increase. And it's going to be much more sanctified and blessed. You're going to achieve much more out of that. And it's going to become a delight that you're going to want that Sabbath to increase. You're going to look forward to that time. Heavenly Father, as we come.